Welcome to this week's edition of Eye of the Swarm, brought to you by our friends at Superior Beverages. And chances are the wine tasting, the 10th annual beer and wine showcase that Athletics puts on will be done by the time this rolls. But a special thanks to our friends at Superior Beverages because of what they do to help that event go off every single year. I know you've been there more than once, yep. and uh, it's seen steady growth. We were just talking off air about uh, the word growth, but it's seen a, a nice steady growth over its 10 years and you know more brewers this year than they've, they've had before and better silent auction items. So, I mean, it's it's turned into a really nice event for the athletic department. It's, uh, it's my favorite fundraising event for athletics every year. Um, it's a really good opportunity for the community and uh, for – those of us who are associated with uh, UWS Athletics to kind of reach out and uh, you know get to interact with the community a little bit more in a non-formal kind of capacity. And like I said, the brewers come from all over the place. I mean, it's fantastic. We've got enough micro-brews and small-time breweries. I guess, well, small-time, that makes it sound like it's truly small-time, but smaller uh, breweries in the area that they come out and uh, offer you know some really good beer and wine choices. For everybody, there's hors d'oeuvres, and it, it, it's it's a fun event. I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I always do. Uh, I go every year. I know you won't be here that third time in four years. Yeah, I it's, here. that's such a bummer. Yeah, uh, it's just it, it's unfortunate because it's it's one I enjoy too. I obviously prefer the golf outing to right to the the showcase just because I enjoy the game of golf so much. And right, you know, a lot of my friends come back and play in it. But yeah, I'm disappointed that I'm going to miss it again this year because it's a really nice slate of brewers coming in. I'll, you talked about the smaller local breweries, right? And most of them are going to be here. You're going to yeah. have Earth Rider. You're going to have Bent Paddle. You're going to have Hoops. Is Blacklist ha- coming too? Some have, of the other ones? No, they are not, but you're going to okay, have uh, South Shore. You South know, Shore you, comes every year just about, I think. Yeah, I know him well. Yeah, and, they're they're coming in. You've got a couple ciders that are going to be there. Ooh. You know, it's it's turned into a, a Castle Danger will be there. Okay. You know, so it, it's going to be a great event once again. And, uh, you know, this will obviously air afterwards. So thank you for attending. Yeah, right. <laughs> thank yeah. you for bidding on those auction items. Or, and Barker's Island does a nice job hosting They do a too. really nice job accommodating the event. They do a nice job... Uh, Having the room set up just the way we want it, and it's it's going to be a fun time. We're we're excited about it, and yeah, I bought my ticket a couple of weeks ago, and uh, uh, you know I, I don't know how much I'll be tasting because I've got a very busy schedule this weekend. But uh, uh, yeah, I'll be stopping by and saying uh, you know hello and greetings to everybody, and yeah, it's a fun event. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's a couple hours for the community and for uh, those of us, like I said, in athletics to kind of reach out and. And, uh, and and connect with some people that we don't necessarily always connect with. You know, we do it hopefully in this regard, right. like with the podcast, the broadcast, and stuff like that. But um, they don't get a chance to talk to us really up close and personal all that often. So it's kind of a neat deal, and I look forward to it every year for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something we couldn't do without Superior Beverages. Uh, Burnix, Keyport are the three big ones that have been with us from the beginning and have right. really helped us build this event into what it is and then you know not coincidentally they're also sponsors of yellow jacket sports and kuws so How about that you know it's uh it, it's it's a good event and uh, hopefully people enjoyed their time there but you mentioned a packed schedule this weekend we'll talk a little bit about that in the final segment of the this week's eye of the swarm but let's uh take a jump back to last week matt and a little bit of a busy schedule there um, yeah it, it, yeah. it yeah. seemed kind of light and then you looked as saturday was unfolding and Everybody was competing on Saturday. Yeah, it was really busy on Saturday. Uh, it'll take us a little bit of time to go through all this, so uh, bear with us here as we run down what happened in the last week. Men's basketball, 14-7 and seven overall, 11-1 and one in the UMAC. They're still tied for first with Bethy Lutheran and Northwestern, so the Yellow Jackets keeping pace. Uh, uh, interesting week in that regard coming up here for the Yellow Jackets, so we'll talk more about that, of course, as the podcast moves on. But uh, 
They now have won four straight, defeated North Central, and was a bit of a nail-biter, to say the least. 76-75 to on Saturday at the Mertz. In that contest, Yellow Jackets led by five at the half. High-scoring first half, 89 combined points in the opening 20 minutes. The Yellow Jackets led 47-42. to For the Rams rallied in the second half and had a chance to win at the buzzer. But Micah Filer, their uh, star guard, his three-point shot off balance from the right-hand wing missed long off the back rim as time expired, and the Yellow Jackets held on for the victory to win it by one point. Yellow Jackets had one of their best games offensively of the year. 21 assists, six turnovers, more than 3-1 to one on the assist-to-turnover ratio. And for anybody that knows anything about basketball, any coach will take that any day of the week. <laughs> uh, Jackets also uh, shot 50% for the game, while North Central made 43.9% of their shots. Yellow Jackets had four players scoring double figures. Mason Ackley had a career high. Uh, in that game. 26 points for the freshman, 11 out of 14 from the field. It was just 3 for 7 from the free throw line. He would have had an even 30 had he made his free throws, but that's okay. 26 points will do. Uh, Vid Malinkovic, 20 points. He was 7 for 10 from the field and 4 for 4 from the stripe. Eli Vogel, the freshman, continued to play really well for the Jackets. He had 15 points, 5 for 8 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc. And Alan Anderson, who did not have one of his better games as far as shooting the ball, 10 points. He was just 3 for 14 from the field and 4 for 6 from the stripe. That four for six from the stripe is a real rarity for him. He's about a 90% free throw shooter. So the fact that he missed two free throws was a bit of a shocker. But uh, did enough to get the victory. And the Yellow Jackets now, like I said, sitting in a tie for first place in the league at 11-1. So uh, still uh, a lot to achieve for them. Uh, everything's Their future is right out there in front of them, as the old cliche goes. Yeah, they you know it's, it, all three of those teams, Bethany, Northwestern, and Superior, all three essentially control their own destiny. Yeah. I mean, it's a round robin here. They'll play each other still. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, it's going to be an interesting last couple games here. I mean, there are four games left in the regular season. And for the Yellow Jackets, three of them are against playoff teams. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Jackets had a hard time with dribble drive penetration in that game. And I don't know if anybody listened, but I mentioned it many times on the air. And I think it was good for them to see that. But uh, it was a little bit unexpected. But thankfully, they were able to overcome it and get the win anyway. Women's basketball, same record as the men overall, 14-7. and seven. They're 10-2 and two in the UMAC, all alone in second place. That due to the fact that Northwestern lost a game to uh, Minnesota Morris last week on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So the Yellow Jackets back in second place, game back of Bethany Lutheran, who's in first place. The Yellow Jackets defeated North Central 63-51. to That was a good win for the Yellow Jackets. We'll talk about that here in a second. UWS led 21-13 after one quarter, but were outscored by the Rams 22-8 to in the second and fell behind 35-29 to at the half, which led me to... Uh, began to get a little bit of the uh, heebie-jeebies, shall we say, as to where the game was going. Thankfully, the Yellow Jackets found themselves in the second half. They outscored the Rams 12-8 in the third quarter to come within two, and then in the fourth quarter they went on their own 22-8 spurt to win by 12. The Yellow Jackets shot 42.2% for the game, while North Central shot 37.7%. Marissa Ruiz was the biggest factor in the win. She went off in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter. I mean, she went through a streak where she scored, I think, 10 straight points for the Jackets. There was something like that. She had 22 points, lead all scores. 17 of them came after the break. She was 9 for 17 from the field. Eva Reinertsen, another one of Eva's strong games. 19 points, 9 rebounds, 9 for 16 from the field. Pretty typical day at the office for Eva Reinertsen. And then uh, Ellie Leedstrom, 6 points, but more than that, 10 rebounds for her. A lot of them in that fourth quarter. So Jackets picked it up when they needed to and got the win. That North Central team is tricky. Uh, They're not really big. In fact, they're probably, as far as height goes, probably the shortest team the Jackets will have seen this year. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're really guard-heavy, they're quick, and they really play intense basketball. It's going to come down to the wire with North Central and St. Scholastica for that that final playoff spot, I think. Yeah, and that North Central team, like I said, they're tricky. 
Um, you know, they beat Northwestern earlier in the year. They played Bethany Lutheran within three the game before they played the Jackets. So, I mean, they're a tricky team to play against. Uh, teams struggle with them, and uh, so the, I was more than happy to take a 12-point win over them. Really well coached, uh, and they're a program that's going in the right direction. So, nice win there for the Yellow Jacket women. Men's and women's indoor track and field. Both teams competed at the Lake Superior Challenge, hosted by St. Scholastica over in Duluth at the Burns Wellness Commons on Saturday. C.J. Pellath, where have I said this before? Copy and paste. Copy and paste. Won the uh, weight throw and broke the school record, by the way, in doing so. Tossed it, and this is incredible, 18.99 meters, almost 19 full meters he tossed that thing to pick up the win. He also won the shot put with a throw of 14.64 meters, while Tyler Finger won the 800 meters with a time of 2 minutes, 4.83 seconds. But wow, C.J. Still ranked third in the nation, too. Yeah. Still ranked third in the nation? Yeah, he's yeah. third in the nation in the weight. And, you know, as we start getting down to conference championships and uh, a couple of last chance meets coming up here over the next couple of weeks, I would I would have to think at 18.99, he's got to be pretty secure Yeah, getting for, for getting a berth into the national yeah, meet. I can't imagine any way he doesn't get a berth in, to be honest with you, at this point. No, I, you, I just, you'd have to have some really amazing throws come up over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that, that would be what I think as well. Uh, Pellath, by the way, was named UMAC Field Athlete for the week for the fourth time this year and 11th time in his career overall. So continuing to rack up the honors is C.J. Pellath. No surprise there. On women's side, Leanne Torgerson, she led the way for the Yellow Jackets in that same Lake Superior Challenge. She uh, placed second in the 200 meters at the time of 26.89 to lead the Yellow Jackets in that meet. So both teams, again, competing across the bridge, and uh, they're both in action this coming week. And we'll talk more about that, of course, uh, in our final segment of the podcast. Men's and women's tennis both played two matches last week. So we'll get right to this. The women are now 0-3 in the season, unfortunately. They fell to St. Mary's and St. Thomas by identical 8-1 to scores on Saturday and Sunday. Those matches were played in Winona and Lakeville, Minnesota, respectively. Again, St. Mary's, Katana Honkala had the Yellow Jackets' lone victory. She defeated Kaylee Johnson 6-3-3-6-10-8 at number four singles. That was their one victory in the match against St. Mary's. And against uh, St. Thomas, Brianna Weenan defeated Helen Watkins 6-4-6-3 at number five singles. Meanwhile, the men, also 0-1-2, fell to St. Mary's 6-3 and to St. Thomas, 8-1 to one on Sunday in Winona and Lakeville, respectively. So a couple of losses there for the Yellow Jacket men as they open up their season. Against St. Mary's, Yellow Jackets got victories from Will Sherman and Harry Simpson. Number one doubles as they defeated Brandon Carrilla and Trevor Smiley, 8-6. to six. Michael Janes, who, by the way, had a good week at number one singles. I mean, they had two losses, but Michael Janes had a really good opening weekend of play. Defeated Robbie Zobzak. 6-4-7-5 with number one singles against St. Mary's. And then Lorenzo Silva defeated Nolan Smiley. 6-2-5-7-10-6 at number six singles. And against St. Thomas, Michael James had the lone victory for the Yellow Jackets again at number one singles. So he's 2-0 at number one singles to start the year. Defeated Jordan Schenk. 6-3-5-7-10-6 at number one singles. So good start. And that was one of the players that C.J. Schaffner uh, yep. brought up, saying that uh, he's going to be a contributor. And right I'd say so, yeah, right, right off the off top. Right off the hop, you know. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's... It's early season. It's non-conference play. These Mayak schools are not slouches. No, not at all. You know, so <laughs> you don't want to accept it. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't beat yourself up over either because no. there, there's some really good players. In well, you know, places. like Jane's getting two wins at the number one singles is always good. The number one right. doubles team got a win against St. Mary's in their match. So, uh, yeah, the overall score, a little bit uh, disheartening, but. Some individuals really playing well yes. on that side. So 
Good start for them. Uh, women's hockey played only one game last week. This is after they had played a bunch of games the week before. Lies. So. They played two last week. They played, but no, they played Saint Scholastica. But we already talked. That about was that on one. Tuesday. That's right. Yeah, we already That's talked right. about that. Yeah, one. We already talked about that one. Never mind. We're getting our days mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> we used to record on Tuesdays, and now yeah, we're recording exactly. on Wednesdays, and I'm just so confused. <laughs> I'm not very smart, people. I th- you know what, though? I almost put that one in this week on the recap because <laughs> I, I was trying to remember that one, too. I'm like, yeah, we actually did talk about that one, didn't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, technically they played one game since we last spoke here on the podcast. They defeated River Falls or fell up to River Falls. My bad. Three to nothing on Saturday at Westman Arena. The Falcons scored once in the first and twice in the second. Catherine Johnson took the loss of the Ozekas. 36 saves for her. Then uh, men's hockey split two games last week. I know it was a bit of a frustrating uh, second time out against River Falls last weekend. We'll leave you to uh, kind of cover that one in just a second here after I get the particulars out of the way. But they did defeat River Falls in the first game of that two-game set against the Falcons on Thursday, 3-2 to two at Westman Arena. We're again falling to the Falcons by the score of 5-1 to one at Hunt Arena in River Falls on Saturday. And that 3-2 to two win, the Yellow Jackets scored two goals in the first and once in the third. Dylan Johnson opened it up for the Yellow Jackets on the power play at 6.52 from Jordan Martin and Chad Lopez. Jackets added a second goal just before the end of the first period. Johnny Pace getting the goal. This is from Lopez and Dylan Johnson at 19.52 of the opening set. And then Troy, Mc- Troy York scoring on an empty net. This was kind of a weird sequence of events that happened at the end of that game. Um, <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get to that in a second here, too, with Mr. Garber. But he scored on the empty net off of an assist from Lawson McDonald at 17.46. And at that point, I thought it was pretty much over, but it got a little hairy at the end. Um, Miles Hector had 19 saves for the Hell Jackets. Gave him a couple of really tough luck goals <laughs> in that contest. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go over the? <laughs> uh, I mean, the first one, yeah, that was a tough luck goal. Yeah. You know, because the guy takes a shot, it hits Artie in the leg, caroms off the leg right to the slot. Right. Yeah, goes yeah. off of Troy York's leg and in the net. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, Troy York's response was fantastic. He looked at Coach McKenna and said. This is what happens when I back check. I'm done back checking. <laughs> Not really much more you can say nope, to that. No, because it just hit him right in the leg and goes in. And then the second one, you know, Miles was was trying to score a goal. Yeah. And whoop a daisy. He ended up. He had a lane, and that lane closed very quickly and went off of their player then and, and into the net. And yeah, you know. Um, the thing that really surprised me on that one, they gave t- an assist on that goal. I right know, on. they gave an assist on both of those, and <laughs> neither one of them warranted an assist. But I was like, for, that's wow. That's a whole other conversation if I can ever get an official in here. But, it's, yeah. it, you know, there's a time and place for that. And when you're on a skid like that team had been, yeah. d- d- no, just, just keep it simple and make sure you get the win because there was quite a bit of time left. Right, yeah. Plenty of time to score once. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I turned to Alec McKenzie and I said, you guys are giving up some really strange goals. It's been a, a weird stretch. Yeah, There's been I, some really bizarre puck luck in here. And I saw Troy McTavish, and he, I said the same thing to him. You guys yeah. are giving up some really strange goals. And Connor Hamannick. I mean, I talked to all those guys, and they all said, yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, a really weird stretch. It's a really strange stretch. You know, uh, but they... they Persevered and got it done. They, anyway. they got it done, yeah. and uh, you know there was a lot of pressure relieved with that win. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I kind of felt like they were clutching their sticks a little bit tightly. Absolutely, yep. the, the previous couple of weeks, so it was nice to see them be able to get out and get a win. Yep. Unfortunately, they then had to go down to River Falls on Saturday, lost five to one. You know, Jack had scored their only goal in the first period. Ty Profit, the freshman from Will Blake, at seven thirty nine. That was it for the scoring for UWS. Miles Hector took the loss, twenty three saves. You, of course, saw the game. I did not because I was with basketball, but. 
Just give us a, a lowdown. It didn't sound great. No. Um, as a collective, they they didn't play well. Okay. You know, it, it they, they didn't play well. Um, it was kind of a strange night just because between Thursday and Saturday, the flu swept into the locker room. Oh, And yeah. so you've got Troy York not making the trip, Dylan Johnson not making the trip. So there's... 22 goals and your, 44 points out of the lineup. Yeah, I think I saw you right there talking about them not making the yep, trip. Yeah, Pav didn't make the trip. Okay. Colt Nelson didn't make the trip. Even if he was healthy, Oscar had it, so he wasn't. He didn't make the trip. Yeah, he didn't look good on Thursday. I saw him on Thursday, and yeah. he didn't look good. You yeah. know, so you've got a handful right there of these guys that were were out, and they're difference makers. Yeah, would it have made a difference in that game? Yeah, I think it would have, but. Let's see those five guys. When you when you're losing your top two scorers and 44 points of offense, that's a that's a lot. That's a tough thing to replace. And so they were kind of behind the eight ball right away. Right with those guys being out of the well, lineup. messes with your lines and then yeah, it messes yeah. with your lineup in a big way. It messes with your power plays and your special teams. Right, you know, because you lose Pav on your penalty kill, you lose York on both, you lose Dylan Johnson on both. You know, it's. There's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot there. And, you know, then you, you come out and you give up a goal 80 seconds into the game, which feeds into we haven't played well on the road. They haven't come from behind to win a game yet this year. So if they right. don't score the first goal, it's a big problem for them right now. Right. And I think all of that just kind of compounded, and as the game went on, we they, they, they never got better. Right. And, you know, I think you just you chalk it up as – it's just a lousy night. Yeah. It was a lousy night, and you get on the bus and go home and, and try to go through it again. Yeah. And, uh, and and get yourself back to where you were 48 hours prior. Yeah. And, you know. There have been few games this year, though, very few games, where we actually said they had a bad game. We yeah. We played there, real well. Yeah. yeah. There's there's only been a couple yeah. where you've looked at it and said, wow, they were really bad that night. Yeah. And so hopefully that trend continues and they can shrug this one off and and jump back into it this coming week because they, they got a chance. To the get games some don't get any smaller. No, no, they don't get any smaller. <laughs> but they've got a good chance at uh, rebounding if they can find themselves a little bit here. So yeah, and there's you know there's plenty on the line. Right. Well, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the final segment. But there's plenty on the line, and if they can you know just get themselves healthy and get themselves right, they're going to be just fine. Yeah, that's kind of the way that I look at it too. You know, they just need to put last weekend behind them and just uh, focus on this weekend and uh, take care of what's in front of them. Yeah, that's about it. That's it. Yep. So that was the week that was. Uh, everybody uh, that played the last weekend uh, is also in action this week, so there's plenty to talk more about. More busyness. Yeah, more busyness coming up, and we'll talk about that in the final uh, segment. But uh, up next, we get uh, up close and personal with a uh, certain Yellow Jacket basketball player. Yes, the uh, the next one to reach the 1,000-point mark, Senior Vid Malinkovic from the men's basketball team, will be joining us, and uh, always always fun to talk to him. Yeah, he's a character. Um, you know, He's got a funny sense of humor, and... Uh, you'll see it. And in an a interesting couple... story. Yes. You know, he he's, interesting he's got story. an interesting story. So I'm glad we're going to have a chance to dive into that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, he does. He's a very interesting young man. So stay we'll tuned. Be, we'll be sitting down with Vid Malinkovic right after this break. You're listening to Eye of the Swarm. Come on. 
on down to Barker's Island Waterfront Grill for Thursday night barbecue. Try our award-winning ribs with your choice of potato and a salad bar. Thursday night barbecue is every Thursday from 4 to 9 p.m. only at Barker's Island Waterfront Grill. We return to I Have the Swarm, and we are joined by Yellow Jacket men's basketball senior Vid Malinkovic, who is poised to become the latest member of the 1,000-point club at the University of Wisconsin-Superior. We had one earlier this year when Eva joined us. and She had no idea either. She, she had no clue. Clueless. As soon as we started talking about her eyes got big, and she looked at us like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Really? And it's like, yeah, yep. you only need 20 points. Really? <laughs> Damn. And then she said, well, I figured I was getting close, but she wasn't really sure. But her eyes got big and wide. Right. I, I found out later on Zach had purposely withheld the information from her, so she didn't know. So she wouldn't get freaked out about it, or I'm not sure what. But why would something like that freak somebody out? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can answer that for us, Veed. I mean, why Why does a, an approaching milestone freak out an athlete? Does it bother you that you're getting close to 1,000 points? Does no, that put I'm, undue stress on you as a player? No, I'm excited, actually. Um, but I could see from, like, when you didn't expect to get there. Right, yeah. And now you're, like, overexcited, maybe. I don't know. Like, that kind of freak out. But, I, you know, maybe it's just a facade inside. She's like, yeah. <laughs> she has to act like, yeah, oh, I, what, really? You know what, though, with Eva, though, I don't think it is. I no. think that's pretty much how she is. No, no. Like, you know, when when something goes really well, she's super happy about it. But I don't get the sense that she dwells on, I'm almost to 1,000 points, or I'm almost going to do this. She's Eva doesn't really, she's not really wired that way. Yeah. That would be the way that I would describe it. But going back to your question, Garver, when Sally and Jake, and I was with both of them when they, when they, when they broke the all-time scoring rate, that was a much bigger deal than going over a thousand points. Well, yeah, yeah breaking I mean, an all-time was, scoring record. Right. Yes, that is a little. There was bit almost different. yeah, but like when they got to a thousand points, I don't think either one of them really was like, oh well, that's a big deal. Like you know, I mean, it, they were happy, obviously satisfied somewhat on a personal level, but it wasn't this big thing that you know. Well, they knew. They yeah. knew they will. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, there. they both knew. <laughs> yeah, the countdown was definitely on for both of them. Yeah. Oh, it definitely was. <laughs> yeah. But, for them, I mean, they just pretty much stuck to let's just play ball, right? You know, and that was, and Eva did the same thing. I didn't get the sense Eva was even nervous about it when she found out. I mean, she was just like, "Oh well, that's kind of cool," mm-hmm. you know. And you, you, you know, you're excited about it, so that's cool, you know. So yeah, you don't. It's not. I mean, you're not nervous about it. It's not going to change anything in how you play. No, not it's really. Just another. It's just another milestone. If something's going to fuel me, actually, sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, but that would be. I guess that would be. Really, the the thing. Has there ever been a guy from another country to score a thousand here? I'm gonna hazard a guess and say no. Hmm. I don't know the answer for certain, but you know, I I'm gonna say probably not. Because now I'm about to freak out. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, <laughs> now all of a sudden it becomes <laughs> yeah a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm just kidding. But no, as far as I know, there you are. You are the first one, and you're 39 points away. So for the the people wondering, get on with it already, you three, and tell us how many away. 39 points away as of this taping. Yep. Um, as of the listening, it'll be a, a smaller number. Yep. And uh, you know, at current pace, I guess probably looking at at Saturday at home against Martin Luther. But uh, to me, the most remarkable thing about this, you scored three points as a freshman. 
Three. I know. So, I mean, it, it, it really says 997 something. in three years. Yeah, it says something about how he's yeah, developed his offense over the course of the last three years because only three as a freshman. And, I mean, as, your, as a freshman, did you – did you picture this someday? Did you did you picture still being here? Did you? I mean, obviously you didn't picture blowing your knee out twice, but we'll get to that stuff a little bit later. But as a freshman, did did this even cross your mind? Oh no, 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 not at all. When I got here as a freshman, I was like, oh, I got a lot of work to do. Like I'm, um, I thought I was good, but hell no. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I think I scored a three pointer against against Stevens Point, and. That was it. And then with hard work and everything, then it kind of got rolling. And eventually, I think my junior year when I played, uh, Troy actually counted the points for me. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe I could get it. But going into this year, there wasn't emphasis at all. No. For me, it was just stay healthy. If you can play, that's great. Anything extra is just a bonus I, I remember looking at numbers over the summer because you kind of do a okay right. let's let's do a milestone check and see where people are you know who's going to play in 100 games who's going to score a thousand points right. who's yeah. going to hit 100 points in, in hockey or in soccer whatever. or whatever it may be and kind of thinking to myself man he's a long ways away he's going to have to have a heck of a year if he's going to if he's going to hit right. this thousand point yeah. mark and then even earlier in the year going, well, he's still 200 away. He'd have to go on a pretty good run here. Yeah. You went on a pretty good run because you've been consistently up around 20 points a game here. And, you know, it's it's been, it's been a really nice stretch for you as a senior. Yeah, yeah, that does help going on a run to get closer to the 1,000. But, yeah, I think I'm just blessed. I don't know. Just very grateful and lucky. Blessed, be. says the guy who's blown out his knee twice. Well, and see, that's that's perspective with Vede. Like that's one of the things I appreciate about him, having watched him now for four years and covered him during that time, is the fact that he's his game has improved so much each year. Right. And now, I mean, if you look at how you play now versus how you played when you were a freshman, it's like night and day. It's like a completely different ball player, which is fantastic. And I tell people like Vede's a real student of the game. He understands where his skill set lies, and he knows how to position himself on the court to be successful. And that's like. To be honest with you, that's like 60, 70, maybe even 80% of college basketball. Because there are a lot of guys that have the tools and a lot of girls that have the tools. But if you don't know how to get the ball in the right spot <clears throat> where you know you can do something positive and get a bucket or a foul or whatever it is, it doesn't really matter what your skill set is because you're going to be lost in the shuffle. No one's going to know you know where you're going with the ball, where, where you're going to post up, where you're going to get the ball. And especially, Veed, your post-up game has gotten so advanced. You know, I, I like the fact that you do – you know, you, you recognize a matchup advantage for yourself, and you g- go to the post up, and you do it. You've been doing it now for the last couple of years, but it really started when you were a junior, and now it's really continued as a senior. And I know that just takes a lot of time and effort, and also watching film and stuff. So, um, I look at it, and I I wasn't sure if you were going to get to a thousand. Going back to our conversation here, I wasn't sure if you were going to get to a thousand this year, just because of that freshman year where he really didn't score at all. You know, didn't play played in a handful of games, only scored three points, and I was like, well, that's. It's hard to get to a thousand basically in three years. I mean, that's you got to put some serious work in to do that. Um, I figured Eva would get there just because she played a lot as a freshman and scored quite a bit. But it says a lot about you that you're right on the cusp of that, like you said, basically doing it in three years. You know, getting to a thousand points in three years—that's that's really impressive. I appreciate really it. Impressive. Appreciate it. 
let's take a step back. How did you end up here? I, I always love to hear the recruiting stories from people because some of them are, well, coach called me and I came here. And others are a little bit different, and particularly with an international student athlete. So take me through the, the process on how you ended up being a Yellow Jacket. Um, so when I was 16, I moved to Serbia to live with my dad just because basketball is better over there. And I wasn't smart enough to get into like a Swiss high school. It's quite different system than here. It's actually very hard. I just wasn't very academically strong. So my dad was like, oh, I'll just come to Serbia, put you in a private school, private high school, and you can play basketball at a better level. My mom's like, no, you're not ready to leave mom. I'm like, yeah, you're right. My dad is like, nah, come on. So I did actually end up going. Stayed there three years. Um, first year there, the coach was, if you're not losing weight, you're not playing. So I was like, oh, all right, let's get on this hardcore diet. And I played, had solid three years in Serbia. Really considered doing basketball for a living at that point. Oh, going professional at that point. Yeah, okay. so when I was 18. And I had an offer in Switzerland, which I thought, okay, I might take that. But then a good friend of mine who was in the same high school with me in Serbia, he was talking about college basketball in America where you can get a degree and play sports at the same time at a very good level. And I was like, wait, there's a thing where you can study and play sports? Because in Europe, there's no such thing. It's either you're pro or you really focus on finishing the university. Okay. Which is, again, very, very, very hard to get in. And so I'm like, talking to my dad I'm like what about that that might be a great idea and he's like sure son go travel see the world that's very good like living in another country speak another language so I'm like okay let's do it get in contact with this agent he basically makes a highlight video of your senior season or last season and then he just sends it out to several colleges in America where he thinks you could possibly play and then when we sat down and he gave us the list of schools my dad just looked at the cheapest one. So he was like, yeah, that one. <laughs> UWS, <laughs> tuition is this much, blah, blah, blah. You get a 50% scholarship for being international or whatever. He's like, yeah, you're going there. I'm like, but, but, California, but, but, like, what about the, he's like, nah, you're going here. So I didn't even know where the hell Wisconsin is, Minnesota or anything. So I did check it on Google Maps, probably like three days before I actually took the plane and got here. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. Looks nice to me, a big lake, you know, can't complain. Didn't know about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ab once we decided to go to UWS, Eberhard, um, Coach Eberhard at that time, he contacted me, and then that's how we got things rolling here. Okay. I was curious if it was something like that if it was something more organic where you sought it out yourself or if you're part of a recruiting service yeah. or, or how that happened because you know like with with coach mooney on the soccer side <laughs> right there, yeah there's a lot of recruiting services right that open your eyes to some of these players on the hockey side you know coach mckenna does more of the digging himself and right will, yeah. will go to canada and find these players so i was curious at as to how that worked out you brought up playing professionally though in switzerland how, how is the pro game there I would say the first league is solid. So everybody's going to be a professional. You get probably an apartment. 
decent salary. That's like when you're older. As an 18-year-old, if I would have signed, it probably would have been 500 bucks a month in an apartment, which is not very much money. No. But you're 18, so it might seem cool. And then you just get better and get better, and then eventually you get more money. But I was like, okay, what if I get injured? I got nothing, you know, no right. degree, no nothing. So that's why college was just more appealing. And look at it now, you did get injured twice. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. Perfect. That's, I mean, not perfect, but better than not having a degree. It sure. was definitely the right mindset to have based on experience. It's a pretty mature mindset, to be yeah. honest with you. Right, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of the younger athletes that get the chance to go pro are always thinking, yeah, I'm going to be this, this everything's going to go perfectly, and I'm going to do this and do that. Never thinking about what could happen, you know, and the need to have a degree, to have some sort of, you know, wow, look at this, I can do something besides basketball or besides soccer or besides whatever, you know. And so, yeah, that's a pretty mature standpoint to have. And I'm, I'm not surprised at knowing your background because I know your dad was a basketball coach. Yeah. So that also kind of factors in. When you have that kind of background, it kind of grounds you a little bit as to, look, there's a chance you won't make it. In fact, there's a better chance that you probably won't make it. So you need to have something else to fall back on. And, you know, I mean, the percentages, we know the percentages in the U.S. because we, every once in a while, the numbers will come out about what your chances are to make it to the professional level. I just provide, I mean, to the highest level. NBA, NFL, NHL, et cetera, et cetera. And the percentages are incredibly low. And it's always eye-popping for all the, I mean, there's a good chance I won't make it. Yeah. There's like a 9 out of 10 chance, and that's even on the more positive side. Right. You know, some of these, like especially the NBA, it's like 1 out of 12,000 or something, kids that play basketball make it to the NBA. It's something like that, that start out playing at what have been the high school level, that mm-hmm. make it all the way to the NBA at some point. So, yeah, I mean, that's a very mature mindset to have. It's always shocking to the kids when they see those numbers because they think that you're, you know, you're just trying to, oh, they're just trying to, you know, blah, 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 you know, keep my head in check and all those kinds of No, no, no. <laughs> the numbers are there. These are the numbers. I mean, if I would have been offered 50000 a month, if I was that good, <laughs> right, we would have a different conversation. Yeah, I'd say. But 500 <laughs> Or a degree, I'm taking the degree. Sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And in Europe, it is different. I mean, the situation is different. You either go to school or you play your sport, and that's yeah. it. And that's why you see in, in professional soccer, for instance, and in professional basketball in Europe as well, all these kids are playing 17, 18 years old because they literally, like, the academies, their quote-unquote academies, are you concentrating on your sport unless you go, like you said, to university and then you're just doing that. Yeah. So it's, it's a different system. I think that's why a lot of the European players want to come here and play, though, because they want to have the ability to do both, right? You know, and have fun doing both, and you know, have the opportunity to travel around a little bit and see the United States and all that kind of stuff. Oh, for so. sure, yeah. I wish there was a mix, you know, mm-hmm. like you have college sports in Europe, but you also have more professional leagues in America, like NBA G League, and then every state should have its own professional league, in right. my opinion, because you have so much talent. And not everybody wants to leave America to go play professionally. So they just stop. Right. Like all the Division One athletes, Division Two, II, Division Three. Right. So, yeah. and they take my spots in Europe, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, because they go to That's Europe. That's why we have limitations. Like some countries have like, okay, you can only have three Americans on the team, two on the floor, stuff like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What was the biggest eye-opener for you when you got here? Aside from weather. Um, was it getting oh. getting into... 
actually being a college student? Was it the the guys I'm playing against are bigger, stronger, faster? What was the biggest eye opener your freshman year? So we're talking basketball specific. I'm Either one. Either one could be life in general, the culture change. It okay. could be classroom. It could be in the gym. Um, well, first, I was like, wow, everything is huge and sp- spread out here. Like, people would look at me crazy if I would walk to Walmart from here my freshman year to go shopping. Because in Europe, we, we tend to walk because everything's so close. But then I realized, all right. We need a car here. <laughs> like, there is no way you can yeah, survive. It's like a five-mile trip one way. Especially once it gets cold. So that was a huge eye-opener. And then uh, sports-wise, yeah, I would say physicality. The lifting was huge. Um, conditioning, that was quite a shocker. Um, yeah, I think those those things. Well, in America, and I was I, did, I do have to give credit to the people here. They're very nice. I haven't had any bad experiences here at all. So that's a good thing. And I I didn't know what to think, you know. Mm-hmm. Go to Wisconsin and maybe everybody's going to be like grumpy or whatever, but everybody helped me and it was just awesome. It's a pretty tight-knit community, I would say. I mean, I Yeah, it yeah, is. It I is. mean, it's I it's mean, almost too tight in some ways. Yeah. It's almost, <laughs> you know, there's, I mean, I've been there's here, advantages and disadvantages to it. I've been here the better part of 25 years and I'm yeah. still not considered a local right you know (laughs) i'm still an outsider me too i'm a (laughs) transplant you know you and i have both i've been here over a decade and you know it it is it's a i don't know i mean i don't know what constitutes being a local you know or born here yeah or as dan barrow would say one of us yes you know you have to be born and raised here i suppose um but i also know that the adjustment to american basketball which is where i was going to go is also different american basketball is much more physical and it's just it's just more intense than European basketball tends to be. So I mean, that's also I know a big part of the adjustment you had to make too was just getting used to the American game, which is very different from the European game. Um, and I know Enrique is going through the same thing at a certain point. Joanna had to go through the same thing. Um, European basketball is more finesse, uh, and there's more power and athleticism involved in and American basketball, at least that's how it has been. And I don't know, that must have been also an adjustment for you, would be my guess. Yeah, of course. I mean, but I, if I would have been maybe in the South where it's like more up-tempo, that would have been a bigger change. Like bigger Arizona change, yeah. or whatever, that's where they just go run and gun. So here, Wyack first here, I was like, okay, it's similar. You got strong big guys and then a lot of people that can shoot. So I'm like, yeah, I can fit in here. But physicality was different again. Um, and practices were different. And the whole approach to the game itself was quite different. But in my opinion, it's, it's it's still the same sport. Like, if you know, you just know. Right, yeah. There's no, oh, I can't play in America or I can't play in Europe. Like, you just adapt and then you do what you do. And then right. you, you should be fine. How much did having a dad as a coach help you in that regard? Well, that was probably, I would say, 90% okay. why I'm even here. Because he would always take me to the sides and do extra work. And he would always put a lot of pressure on me and still does. I mean, after a game, even tonight, he's going to text me. He's going to be like, this was bad. This was terrible, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. He's even though he came from across yeah, the pond. Oh, yeah. <laughs> even if we win by 20 and I have 25 or more, it doesn't matter. 
Like, <laughs> I don't know what I have to do to make him satisfied, but I think he is. Uh, but, yeah, it helped. It helped a lot. Um, and someone asked me the other day, I think, uh, newspaper or whatever, they were like, did he make you, like, find the love for the game? And in my opinion, in the early stages, no. Because there's Sunday, and I want to go hang out with my friends, and like, now we're going to go shoot. And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, yes. So I'm grateful that he did that because that is the extra work that got me more, like talented and better than other kids. But at the same time, it could have easily went the other route, you know. Right, yeah. But yeah. it didn't, so and knock I, on wood. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I imagine then that love of the game was central as your battling back not once but twice from the injuries that was obviously the key driver yeah because you very easily could have just went all right good enough i'm gonna head back to europe and finish school over there and and just go about my business you didn't do that i mean you rehabbed the the injury once played a year had it happen again rehabbed the injury twice and now here we are again you're not going to do that unless you have a love and passion for the sport oh yeah totally there is no doubt. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just set myself a goal, how I want to finish my time here. And if I wouldn't if I wouldn't achieve that, I don't know, I would consider myself a quitter or, like, whatever. So I just decided whatever it takes to finish your career here, how you imagined it, like, that's how I'm going to do it. And I don't think I, – I don't know what it takes, but, like, I just won't stop. I suppose that falls in the category of finish what you start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean that's that's kind of where I'm where I'm hearing him go with the, with his answer is that you know, but it, it takes a, a real dedication to it to injure the knee twice and then come back. I mean, one time, you know, Colt Williams went through the same thing, you know, where it's that's an aching injury. I miss one year, um, and then I play a year, have a really good year because you had you had had a really good year in between injuring it the first and second times. Mm-hmm. Colton did two. And then you both injured your knees again, missed all of last year, and you both came back again this year. So there's a certain parallel there, and it's kind of neat that the two of you both came back to finish basically what you started. You know, that this is it. Senior year. I'm not missing my senior year. I went there to play basketball and to get a degree, and I'm going to do both. Yeah, you, you don't know how close I was to just just retire. Just mm-hmm. be like, right, okay, yeah. I'm going to just stay here, get my degree, and call it a day. Because that's what my parents did, too. That was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and right mom, on the mom she was like, you can always play later. Just get your degree, and that's it. But I don't know, something inside was just, that's just not right. You know? Yeah. It just it just wouldn't feel right. Like, I would, like, cheat on myself if I, if I would have done that. So I just couldn't. I was I was at biking in the at the trainers that time and i called my dad i'm like i'm gonna co- go back home recover and come back and he's like are you serious like no way that's so stupid just get your degree finally like we're sick of you being over there like that's so risky i'm like well i'm doing it i call my mom she's like i'm coming i'm coming back i'm gonna recover and go back and she's like no you're not like, you're not going to live with me here. Like, I'm not going to allow it. Because she's in Switzerland. And I'm like, well, I'm going to rent an apartment. I'm going to do it. Like, I'm, this is my decision. I'm doing it. 
and obviously once I did go home, right, it was all hugs and yep. tears. But right, yeah, at first they were it was not supporting that, and now of course now they're like, <laughs> way to go, yeah. son! You made way the right choice, son. Good job, yeah, son. exactly. <laughs> So we're, we're certainly they, happy they, Okay, I do have to say, Eventually, they did respect the decision. Right. They didn't okay. dishonor me or whatever. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I imagine then going through what you've gone through, it has made this senior year for you incredibly satisfying and a lot of fun. Because I look back a year, you, you weren't here and weren't a part of everything that was going on last season, but this is a team that didn't make the postseason, you know, hadn't made the postseason since the first year in the UMAC in 2016. I don't think a lot of people saw an 11-1 start coming, and that has to make this really satisfying for you, doesn't it? Yeah, that's why I'm blessed. Like, there's, I mean, I guess hard work pays off and all this suffering finally, like, pays off. But, yeah, it's just, I'm just trying to enjoy it as much as I can. There's no really other mindset behind that. How much fun has it been? Because oh, you guys look like a, you're having a good time on the Oh, floor. yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. And Matt's obviously closer to it than I am. <coughs> right. But, you know, calling your games and everything. But they, they just look like they have fun, and it hasn't been that way. No. I mean, this year, last year was a real struggle. Yeah, and, I felt bad last year. Right. Well, and, you know, it wasn't your fault and it wasn't Colton's fault. Uh, but it, it, last year, everybody understood what the situation was. We lost our two leading scores from the year before, two knee injuries that were going to keep them out the season. And it forced Montroy Scott and Matt Rechtel to basically pick up the slack. And then we had a bunch of young guys that were having to play roles that they weren't necessarily ready for right away. Mm-hmm. And so you have to keep that in the back of your mind the entire year. But it's tough. You play 25 games that way. And, you know, you go 6-19. and 19, You lose 19 of your 25 games. And by the year, even understanding all that, it's a grind. It was a grind for me to broadcast it. It was a grind for Greg to coach it. It was grind for the guys to play it. You could see they were getting better. Games were getting closer. They were getting closer to winning, and they had a couple of nice wins last year. Right. But it's a grind. It's yeah. a grind when you know that you're shorthanded and you could be better than this, and you're carrying so much weight. I mean, Montroy, by the end of last year, was so beat up physically. You know, he I, I talked to him a little bit, and he said, yeah, my back was killing me. My knee wasn't good. And, I, you know, he said, I just I knew I had to tough it out. And Mac was the same way. Mm-hmm. So this year, now having those extra options, and then bringing in a, a, an impact freshman class. I mean, this class has had a big impact already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and Allen, yeah, and Allen coming in as a, as a you know a point guard. It's a good group <coughs> of guys, you know, because you've got guys not just like yourself and Colton, but Mac, who's been around for four years, and is he has his own story, which is interesting. Took a couple years off, played his freshman year, missed a couple years, came back, you know, has played for two different two different head coaches like you have now, as has Colton. You know, you guys have shared that experience together, kind of come through the program together, and it makes winning together all that much more fun. You know, it's it's like all all the pieces are like connecting. Right. Yeah. But again, we're not like we haven't done anything yet. You know. Right. right. Yeah. There's still more to come. And to talk about the last year, the best thing someone said or that made me kind of appreciate this year more is when Thomas Thomas Robarge. Right. He said, "You know, V last year." It was bad. Like it was a struggle. I was questioning if I even want to stay here, and like continue playing basketball. But now with you guys back, it just feels like a, a team, and like this is how it's supposed to be. So I I took that to heart. I was like, yeah, I'm glad it's like this too, because I know how you feel. Like I've been in your shoes. So 
that's I think that was very it says a lot about your leadership. Yeah, and it was very well. No, it he didn't just give credit to me, but right. No, I mean I, I think as a group. Yeah, I I really appreciated that. Well, and the fact that almost everybody came back from last year, right? Despite the difficulties of it, you know, Troy's still on the coaching staff. We know he's used up his eligibility. Matt came back. Colton came back. You know, yeah, you know he Troy was should have sat out last. <laughs> 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 then you guys could have all. Been I think together. Greg would have had something to say to you about that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. But you know, the Kyra Browns, the Andrew McGills, uh, the Thomas Robarges, Lucas Lemieux, the guys who were thrown into the fire. Yeah. And had tough times on the court last year. All came back, and that was the part to me that said that there the, the something is, you know, the culture is, is good with this group. This is a good group of kids because they took their lumps last year, and I was a front row and center for all of them, or almost all of them. No, it's and, the locker room yeah. is great. Like, they're everybody's like loving each other and just awesome. There's no like little groups, or no cancers. It's just probably one of the best teams I've ever been on. As far as like getting along, yeah, yeah, the chemistry is really good. You guys look like you really enjoy playing together. Yeah. Now there is a lot of young people, which makes me sometimes all right. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> it's, it's getting too loud, or you know, too late. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa's gotta go to bed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Do you say that to Mason and? Uh, oh Xavier? yeah, that's six years. Eli. <laughs> We're talking about six years difference. Eighteen to twenty-four. You're out there, and you're the, you're feeling like you're the oldest 23, 24 year old guy in the world. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather enjoying to his dad than to him. No, I'm just kidding, but yeah, <laughs> it's amazing to me because a lot of senior athletes do that. They'll come out. Shaq Coleman, who uh, called games with me, he used to talk about how old he was getting his senior year, and I thought, wait, yeah, just wait. It's coming. It's going to not get any better. <laughs> you're eventually going to be sitting there one night, and you're going to go. Is 7.30 too early to go to bed? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, you should come on and hang out with me and John sometime, <laughs> me and John Garber, and, and watch us talk about our aches and pains. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't get any easier, that's no, for sure. No, 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 not at all. So, But, uh, yeah, I suppose you kind of do feel like a grandfather at a certain point uh, with these young guys that are coming up, guys like Mason and Eli, and that, that have kind of stepped forward and have yeah, really become sometimes, pick, yeah, sometimes. contributors for you guys. <laughs> sometimes. I mean... I try to be like forever young and silly and goofy all the time. So sometimes I'm just like everybody, like just like them. Right. Yeah. Maybe even worse, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have to go into details no. here. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for you? You know, you've you've got a month or so left in your college career. You've got a couple months left, and you'll be walking across the stage with that degree you've talked about many times here already. What What's next? Where do you go from here? If everything goes right and I stay healthy, I will try to go for my ultimate goal, which was to play professionally. Okay. Um, but that's still so far. I'm not even trying to think about all that. I have other options like plan B is, would, would be to get a master's degree in Switzerland. Okay. And then pursue f- physical education, which is a one of my favorite jobs in Switzerland. It's well paid. You get like free vacation or paid vacation, and you work with kids, which right. I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So it's either that or that. Very focused, just like he Eva is. was. Yeah, he I mean, I, absolutely. You have to have that, though. I think you know, and that's that's one of the things that again, it comes down to a mature point of view, is preparing for that next step. What are you going to do next? You yeah, I, I just need that in my life. I just need. I don't even care what it is. Just something. Say, okay, I'm going to go and achieve that. 
and then you just go for it. Step by and step process. You enjoy the in between. Right. I mean, just step by step process. Like yeah. I said, it's uh, you know this is this is where I am in my life right now, and this is where I want to be in five years. You know, and, but it's all building towards the next step. You know, I've always I've always thought of you as that kind of guy, the guy who's very. Not only do you finish what you start, you're always also planning for the next step. And those are the things I see in you and in Colton Williams and in Matt Rechtel and Eva Reinertsen and Emily Carpenter on the women's. I mean, they're the upperclassmen. They've been, you know, around for a while, and they understand that, okay, you know, this four years has been great, but there is something after that. Right. And we got to get ready for it. You know, and, yeah, it's that's the cool part for me of working with student-athletes is watching them go from freshmen who are like, all I want to do is play basketball and study. And then by the time they're juniors and seniors, they're thinking, all I want to do is get done with my degree, finish out my career, and then go on to the next thing. Right. You know, so that journey, that journey is fun to watch for me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think I'm ready for a change. Sure. Oh, yeah. And that's part of it, too, though. It's been six years, you know. Yep. So. Yeah. And I know that at times it's been a very trying six years. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, I just say good luck, man. Uh, anything you do and stay in touch because uh, it's been fun to watch you all these years. I will try to come back every alumni game. That would be fantastic. That I would will be. spend more time on an airplane <laughs> than on the court <laughs> or in America. Yeah, there you go. Just come up to Superior, see Flies the lake. in Friday, play Saturday, he's back out Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Play five minutes of the alumni game and he's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I would be crazy enough to do that. Oh, that's funny. I could see you doing that for sure. Absolutely. It depends what I'm doing. Right. Right. Yeah, if you're playing pro ball, they're not going to release you to come back yeah. and play in the alumni game. Vita, yeah, you're not going to walk into them and say, yeah, I have to go back to Spirit to play yeah. in the alumni game. I have to play an alumni game and party. <laughs> <laughs> go with the guys afterward. Yeah. That's the goal. <laughs> I'm keeping an eye on the clock here because I know you have to go to class. So, Veed, thanks for stopping in and spending a little bit of time with us. Best of luck the rest of the way in this season. Obviously, congratulations on the upcoming milestone. And like Matt said, you know, all the best to you going forward. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Always an honor talking to you guys. And hopefully we can do this one more time. Ah, yeah. I like it. One more time before like it's all it. over. There you go. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back with more of the Eye of the Swarm right after this. For over 85 years... The dollars deposited at National Bank of Commerce have been reinvested into the community, sparking bold ideas and igniting big dreams. Our customers have helped transform the region. And if we've come this far already, just imagine what's next. National Bank of Commerce, we make more possible. We're back for the final segment of this week's Eye of the Swarm, brought to you by the Catholic Charities Bureau, and always fun to talk to Veed. Yeah, Veed's a, a interesting young man. He, uh, you know, I, he's a bit on the soft-spoken side, and he can be a little bit quiet if you don't know him real well. Right. But uh, yeah, he's got a I, laser focus. He does. Uh, he he's a very driven guy. I think. Like, I mean, we talked about it. I think a lot of it has to do with his upbringing. Yep. The fact that his dad is a basketball coach. If you come up as a, the child of a coach, you usually have a little bit more of a laser focus to you. And, uh, you know, V and I have talked a lot 
about basketball, not just in terms of skill and you know what you need to do better, you know, shooting the ball, that kind of stuff. He really understands the sport, and that comes from his father. And I think the the focus and the determination to go after a specific goal also comes from having that influence in his life. And uh, I couldn't have been more happy for him that he's coming up on a thousand points. It's going to be ball. I'm looking forward to hopefully being there to see it, right, and bring it uh, you know over the air because um, he'll be the fifth or sixth player I think I've had that's gone over a thousand points in my broadcasting career, which is kind of neat. You know, I feel kind of good whenever I get a chance to add another name to that list. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's a quality young man. Uh, you know, very honest, very straightforward and a hard, hard, hard worker. Cause I mean, he, he put in the time boy more than one time. I mean, not just to make himself a player, but to come back from two knee injuries, right? season ending knee injuries, Yep. you know, uh, that everybody can do that. That's, I don't know if people understand how rare that is. So, right. uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier for him, really. He's got 39 points to go. Yep. And uh, his first test, we record this on a Wednesday, coming tonight. <laughs> yeah, tonight. Uh, the, we've got the border battle, bridge battle number two for 2019-20, Yellow Jackets and St. Scholastica. Uh, the men will kick things off at 5.30. I'll be on with the pregame starting at about 5.10. So hopefully people got the message on social media to tune in tonight to see that. Uh, and then uh, they'll be back at home again on Saturday to again Martin Luther. This is a flip-flop in the schedule that we had had earlier in the year due to, to again, inclement weather and also a, a problem that the we problem had. problem with the gym floor? Yeah, the gym floor. That's another story. Um, but uh, this Martin Luther game was originally scheduled to be on the road, but it will be at home because we had the flip-flop due to the gym being resurfaced uh, here in Superior. Uh, it'll be a 3 p.m. opening tip, and I'll be on with the pregame starting at 2.45, maybe 2.40, depending on how long. Coach Polkowski and I chat in the pregame. But, uh, uh, yeah, a couple chances. I anticipate that he'll get it against the Knights on Saturday. I, yeah, I would imagine he'll. And it'll be cool if he does it at home. That would be very I mean, cool. it wouldn't be the end of the world if he did it on the road, especially at Glasgow or something. But uh, to be able to do it at home, I mean, Eva did it at home earlier in the year, and it would be right. nice if he could do it too. So yeah, uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. We'll have the countdown going, and uh, you can be uh, rest assured that I'll be uh, updating everybody on where he's at. I know the broadcast uh, on Wednesday, so if you if you get a chance to listen, uh, hopefully you'll uh, hear a little bit of history this week for uh, Vid Malinkovic, and he might very well be the first international player. He asked that question. He asked that question. I don't know who else it would be. Yeah, I can't think of another so one. So I, I, I feel 99.9999999999% confident that, he's that it's gonna, him. That he's going to be the first one. Yep. So good for him. Uh, women's basketball, same story. St. Glasgow, round number two. Yellow Jackets have won 14 straight in that series, so there's a bit of a winning uh, streak on the line there. And uh, this senior class uh, has been pretty vocal with me about how they want to finish their careers undefeated against the Saints. Sure. So it's now been you know three, four classes in a row that have been able to say that, and they want to add their names to it. Uh, that'll be technically or tentatively, I should say, a 7:15 opening tip. That's what they scheduled it as. It's probably gonna be close to 7:30. Either way, I'll be on early, you know, 7.15 or 7.10 or whatever it is with the pregame. Probably be closer to 7.30, though, would be my guess. Yeah, usually it is. Yeah, usually it is. <clears> with and the then, men, I think the men with a win tonight then lock themselves into the top three. Do they? Okay. Yeah. Okay. They'll, they'll be locked in as a top three, minimum three seed. Okay. Could be anywhere one, two, or three. Yeah, You know, exactly. it's going to be kind of fun to watch that race. Well, especially since their last the wire. two games. Well, because after this week, they play uh, – of course, they Glasgow tonight as we tape this on a Wednesday night. Then they play Martin Luther Saturday. And then their last two games are against Northwestern and Bethany Lutheran, the two teams that they're tied with. Right. So there's going to be some fireworks happening next week. Yeah, next we'll week's talk- a big week for yeah, them. Yeah, we'll be talking more about that, of course, next week. But Yeah, uh, so they're, they're I think, one, one if they win tonight, they're going to lock into the top three. And the women, 
I believe if they win twice this week, they'll lock into the top three. Okay, yeah, which is I, I expect which that I to anticipate. But another subplot: Northwestern and Bethany Lutheran are playing each other tonight. Yes. So there's going to be something happening there too. Yes. So this will all factor in. It's going to make for a very interesting. Give me some scoreboard watching tonight. There will be. There will be. I don't know how much I'll be doing during the broadcasts, but I'll definitely check in in the post game. Oh, I watch out. it all the time. Do you? I yeah. keep that window open on the computer. I always have the the, the, the other, other games. conference games going. Other conference games going. Yep. So I might do that. I'll see uh, how the iPad if the iPad wants to cooperate. Let me do that. But we'll see. Anyway, uh, Saints Glasgow seven fifteen technically on a Wednesday night for the Yellow Jacket women, and then back home against Martin Luther four forty five technically the start time there probably be closer to five, another fifteen minute uh, pregame for them as well as the Yellow Jackets against the Knights for the second time in two thousand nineteen twenty. Men and women's indoor track and field are going to be really busy as well this this weekend, especially the men. I don't know how this is going to work out per se, but the men have two meets in two days. Uh, At least that's on the it's, schedule. It's not a full team meet. It's not a full team meet? <clears throat> no, okay. he'll take selected people. Okay. I was about to say, that's a lot of action in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Anyway, some of them will be headed to the showcase hosted by St. Thomas. Yeah, that's that's just for select athletes okay. that I, that have a legitimate chance okay. at qualifying for nationals. He'll bring them down there. And, okay. And Won't be a full team. there. No. Okay. Now we will be at the Anderson Athletics and Recreation Center in St. Paul. That's 2 p.m. on Friday. Will it? <laughs> I don't know. Everybody saw it on Twitter. What's that? What happened down there? No, I didn't. Did you hear. not see it? I did not see it. So they utilized their field house like everybody else does. Right, right, right. And softball was in there practicing, Uh-oh. and a ball hit the sprinkler, and it flooded their field house. I don't know what to and say they, about that. And they posted the picture <laughs> yesterday. I saw it of uh, the the fire department in there because the, the sprinkler starts going off. It's an automatic call to the right, fire department. Right, right, yeah. Showing the fire department in there. Helping to get this water shut down and and get the cleanup going, but their field house flooded. Oh my! So I I was under that just happened. Yeah, it just happened on uh, Monday. Oh my goodness! I how did I not know about this? I, I don't didn't know. See anything on Twitter about this? I have no idea. Oh my goodness! But yeah, this was the uh, that that's what happened there. So I don't Maybe know. Maybe the well, showcase won't be such a showcase. Will their I don't field know. house be usable? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Well, I didn't I, even think about that until you said St. Thomas, and I'm like, huh, that's right. They oh. had the flood. And you know that's a championship level softball program. Yes, I mean there <laughs> accidents will happen. I guess that's the you know they have a great softball program down there. Mm-hmm. So yikes, I, that's all I'm going to say about that. But wow, so the showcase might not be much of a showcase. Yes. So okay, well, tentative right now. Tentative. We'll go with tentative. Okay. Well, tentatively, it's supposed to start at 2 p.m. on Friday. I don't know. I haven't seen any scheduling changes. Have you? I have not. Okay. What we do know is that they will both be both teams, men and women, will be hosting the Yellow Jacket Open on Saturday at Lydia Thiering Fieldhouse. Action will get underway in the Fieldhouse starting at 11 a.m. So if you're coming out for basketball, get there bright and early because there's not going to be a lot of parking spaces. There's not going to be much parking at all. No, I'm going to try to get there as early as I can. That's going to be a uh, that's going to be a tough one. Yep. I'm going to try to figure out where I'm going to park that day. <laughs> I mean, there, I mean, there isn't a lack of parking. To be perfectly honest, parking isn't too bad. It's just how far do you want to walk? Yeah, it's just how far you know. Do you want to go behind? And our lots are a little smaller this year after the snowstorm and after Zeke came to town. Yeah, I see that the mountains, the snow mountains, are continuing to grow. They're continuing to bring in the snow. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's it's a, <laughs> it's an ongoing thing. It is. Yep. Anyway, uh, by the way, men's and women's tennis will also be at home, although not on Saturday. Thankfully. No, nope, they'll be on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. They'll be taking on um, Concordia Moorhead, also at Lydia Thiering Fieldhouse. So the Fieldhouse is getting plenty of use this weekend. Uh, the men's match starting at 10 a.m., the women at 12 p.m. So 
Coach uh, Schaffner and the rest of his team coming home and uh, taking on Concordia Moorheads will be the first time they'll be at home for the women since UMD, and it'll be the first time for the men all year. Yep. So Hopefully a little home cooking does them well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, hopefully Michael James can continue at least winning the number one singles. Right. He's 2-0, as we know. Start of the season. Women's hockey, by the way, is on the road. They're kind of the odd man out this week in terms of getting home games. Right. Uh, they are actually on the road for two games, taking on UW-Stevens Point. 7 p.m. start on Friday, and then 2.30 p.m. start on Saturday. Both games played at KV Willett Arena in Stevens Point. And that'll be interesting just because the Yellow Jacket women had one of their best wins of the season against the Planers earlier mm-hmm. in the year. So You know, and there's some on the line for them, too. They need uh, they need to win one. If they can win one, then they'll they'll lock in the number three seed in, in the WIAC. Right, yeah. And that's... You know that's where they're at. I mean, they're basically right now. It's it's a Eau Claire they're two River point, Falls. They're two points up on on Stevens Point with two games at hand. Okay, so they uh, they're they're in pretty good shape to lock in that number three seed. They can't catch two. You know, you've got River right. Falls is actually in first place right now. They're a point up on Eau Claire. Okay, and uh, yeah, the Yellow Jackets sit third. They need to win one. Yeah, and they they'll need lock to win in one, and three. then they and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I know they got Gustavus Adolphus coming up here next week too. Yeah, so. next Tuesday. Yeah, and I think you're going to have that game on the radio, yep. right? Yeah, so some tough games and big games coming up for the yeah, LJ. Yeah, got women. some big games. Yeah, coming up. Before Meanwhile, they finish with Northland. Men's hockey, and they close out the regular season this weekend. I can't believe it's already the end of the regular season. It's already season. here? Yeah. It's, it's already here. It's kind of crazy, to be Saints honest. St. Scholastica cleared out their, or closed out their regular season yesterday. The men's really? side, yeah. They're done already. On a weeknight? They don't play against the playoffs now. Wow. Yeah. On a Tuesday night, they yeah. finished out. Yep. Wow. See that's rare. Like I, I can't remember the last time we didn't finish out on a weekend night. Yeah, me either. <laughs> Does that ever happen? I don't. I, I have no idea. Okay, because I don't recall it ever happening. To no, us. I don't. I don't either. Okay, so. But at any rate. Yeah. At any rate, uh, they have a home and home again this week to close out the regular season again, taking on UW Stout on Thursday. I'll be at the always warm and cozy Fanatic Community Center down in Menominee, 7 p.m. The opening faceoff on this Thursday, 6:40. The pregame with my buddies sitting across from me here. Um, <laughs> Their SID emailed me yesterday and said, uh, just so you know, if the forecast high for Thursday is one below, so prepare yourself accordingly. Do you ever consider like bringing your own space heater down there? No. Okay. See, I feel like that's the kind of thing that you might consider. No. Uh, one, I'm not sure the power grid could handle it where I'm located. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not a fan of plugging a space heater into a power strip. And I, for obvious reasons, and yeah, yeah, and so I wouldn't do that. But two, it's just such a big open area; it's not going to warm me that much. <laughs> oh, I suppose. You know, so yeah. I mean, it might hit you in the leg for a half second. And yeah, then, yeah, and then it's gone. So yeah. no, that's just <laughs> an extra piece of equipment I'd have to haul in. So no, <laughs> yeah. For those of us, for those of you who don't know, me and John are actually kind of we part of our judgment of road trips is how much stuff we have to kind of lug in and out of places. Yep. So, <laughs> so this one, I'm, I'm not gonna. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna yeah. haul that up on top of the scaffold. Nope. Probably not a bad idea to nope. not do that. Actually, so yeah. I'll just suck it up and, you know, get back on the bus and hope I can still feel my toes. <laughs> Make sure you get your long johns and your woolies on. Yes. Yeah. There yes. you go. Thankfully, though, that'll be your last uh, road trip, at least during the regular season, and the last trip, hopefully, to Finetti uh, Community Center. Yeah, there's a lot on the line for these guys too. Yeah. There's a lot on the line for these guys in this home and home because they they need to win one to lock in to third place. Yeah, uh, or to lock into a home home playoff. Yeah, because right now they're say. even with they're uh, even with River Falls, but yeah. they own the tiebreaker. Okay, and they uh, they're three ahead of Stout, so they okay. need to they need a win or a tie. Okay, to lock into a home playoff series, and then a win 
and a River Falls loss would lock them into third place. Okay. So there, there's a lot on the line here. Who's River Falls playing this? They've week? got two with Eau Claire. Oh, okay. So it's not going to be. Imagine the schedule. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be a difficult schedule for them too. Okay. So, but yeah, the uh, there's a lot on line for the, the men's hockey team this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, they could finish anywhere from third to fifth. Yeah. And you obviously want that that higher seed, and you want that home playoff series. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot on the line for them too. Yeah, and Eau Claire also playing for a lot. I mean, they they, they can clinch the title, I assume, uh, one of these nights, right, against River Falls. They have the. There is no title, right? Yeah, I mean, the, but they can clinch the number one seed, or yeah, they yeah. can clinch number one because they're they're I think two ahead of Point. Okay, and Point has the tiebreaker. All right, so there's Beat plenty on the line for Eau Claire too. Yeah, and Point's playing extremely well. I mean, they hung 17 goals on Stout last weekend. Yeah, so and they're unbeaten, I think, in 11. Yeah, they're on a roll right yeah, now. Yeah, they're they're playing well right now. Yeah, they're playing well. So. But not to uh, put too fine a point on it, the Yellow Jackets close out the regular season home slate on this Saturday, this game three of our normal Saturday triple header uh, broadcasting 91-3, so check us out if you get a chance. Taking on the uh, Blue Devils for the third and final time in the regular season, 7 p.m., the opening faceoff, 6.40, the pregame, hopefully, as the Yellow Jackets taking on the Blue Devils, and then we'll find out where everybody's going for the playoffs, at least on the men's hockey side of things. You know, we should have a pretty good indication for the two hockey teams. Where they're going to be. Where they're going to be, okay. you know. In the next three days, right? Yeah, should have a pretty good idea of where all that's going to fall. And, yeah, I mean that's you know the basketball teams. I would have to think by next Wednesday. Yeah, when those games finish, we'll have a pretty good idea. Yeah, I think so too. I, th- I have a feeling that's uh, you know, I mean, depending upon what happens with Bethany and uh, Northwestern tonight, both men and women, right? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, I think the women will probably be in a good position to take the number two seat at least. Um, you know, I, and I think the men, you know. Kind of control their own destiny, really. Right. Um, you know, actually, well, technically both teams do, but, um, you know, because they'll get Northwestern home the following week on that Wednesday and then down to Bethany. So, uh, you know, if uh, depending on who wins those other games, it could make for a very interesting week of basketball next week. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, the games aren't getting any less any no. less important here as we come down toward the playoffs. I mean, we're basically in the strike. We're basically in playoff mode now. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun, and uh, hopefully if people can't make it out to the games, they check us out on 91.3 FM. So uh, check it out. Uh, well, like I said, we'll have another triple header of uh, some intense uh, competition coming up on Saturday for sure. Yeah, so. yeah it's going to be it's going to be intense for everybody from here on out. We're excited to be able to bring it to you, and yep, you know, excited to be able to recap it a little bit and, yep, and everything it all right here on the Eye of the Swarm. Yep, absolutely. He's the Big Sound Matt Johnson. I am John Garver, and thank you very much for listening to Eye of the Swarm. Mm-hmm.